Welcome to episode 39 of Coffee Pods and Wads, sponsored by Born Primitive UK. You can use the code COFFEEPODS10 for money off your basket on their website, bornprimitive.co.uk. And also sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, sugar-free energy drink. Loads of different flavours that are doing their best to promote the Irish functional fitness scene. Um, thank you for listening and for your continued support of the podcast. Please continue to like and share everything you can at Coffee Pods and Wads on Instagram. The more you share, the more people will see it, the more people will listen, the more people will get involved and the community can grow. Um, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash coffee pods and wads or at the link in my bio. Um, where do you start with the last few days? Um, so a lot's gone on since Friday's episode. Like, look, I don't want to be sanctimonious. I don't want to be preachy. I don't, I like anything that could be said about it, I feel has been said. I'm choosing to focus on the positives and do my best not to be drawn into any rumors or anything like that. I think CrossFit is about the people, people that you meet every day, the people that you train with, people that you choose to look up to, not one person. I think I'm proud of the reaction that has come. I think it showed me that I've surrounded myself with the right people, both like in real life and on social media. The athletes that I follow stood up and spoke out. They showed who they are and what they stand for. The communities that I'm a part that I'm a part of, like here um, in Wolfhound, nationally, internationally, stood up and took notice and took a stance. Um, with regards to episodes, I offer people the opportunity to re-record, reschedule or to shelve their episodes. Um, some took that chance and I'll get either some extra bits recorded uh, or whatever's needed to make it work. I didn't want anyone feeling rushed or like they weren't saying something that maybe they felt they should be saying because we had recorded ahead of time. So that's why I offered that. Not that anyone said anything questionable, just that they maybe felt like they didn't say something when maybe they should have. Um, I'll have more topical episodes coming up uh, with Nicole Brazier, Rory McKernan and John Woolley. But for today, one person who wants to fire ahead as planned is Sammy Monez, she of Feeding the Fraser's fame. She has done it all and gone full circle from working for a brand to being a manager of athletes to being a brand herself. Um, she's really positive and it's exactly the tonic that's needed when she told me to go ahead with the episode she said look positivity is what's needed right now and she's right so enjoy listen share and tag thanks for doing it i really appreciate it i know like most people tend to be kind of quiet i think this time but you seem like one of those people that's like fairly consistently busy with a lot of uh plates spinning going on oh yeah yeah (laughs) i mean quarantine or not or you know world pandemic or not we still gotta cook food we still gotta eat we still gotta you know matt's still training so we still gotta fuel so there's a lot of things that are still happening even with a lot of things not happening right now yeah. so yeah we're we're still just moving and grooving i mean i'm sure you're realizing the same that things look a little different but um you know the work is still there and and if not then you're kind of learning how to create new work for yourself. And so I think that that's, um, that's a really cool, unique time right now is that it's like, okay, well, maybe things are shut down or, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I'm not going to the grocery stores often. So trying to be even more crafty with mm-hmm. planning out recipes that I want to test and recipes that I want to shoot or things like that. So I think it's all just like, you know, it's just getting a little more creative. Yeah. Finding a new normal, I think. Um, so you're drinking a coffee there. I guess you must be pretty spoiled with Matt's interest and his coffee equipment and stuff. You basically have a cafe in your kitchen. I'll give you guys a little little sneak. And there it is. Oh, you've got a whole setup. Got a sign and cups and everything. (laughs) 
yeah so That's I kind of cheated this morning he's been um he's been stretching and getting getting ready so I just made myself an espresso just nice. just like a quick cup of coffee that we mainly just have so that way when we have guests and stuff like that it's just a, a quick cup but yeah he he's great with you know he does a double shot of espresso every morning and gets the heart fluttering before yeah, yeah. Uh, before things get going so yeah when I was talking I think it was I was talking to Matt O'Keefe and I think the day before your Matt had put up a picture on his Instagram of him like smelling grinds or whatever and I was like oh, yeah, yeah okay he really loves it like oh yeah really loves it yeah. it's great I mean the cool thing is is he's got like a coffee subscription so somebody was asking him yesterday you know like what's your what's your favorite type of bean or what's your go-to coffee or whatever it is and he was like truthfully I haven't found one that I'm like this is what I'm gonna drink for the rest mm. of my life I am able to test you know every two weeks or so another pound or two pounds or whatever get sent to the house and you know, it's like, okay, this is from a different part of the world, or this is, you know, got different notes. And it's incredible. Anybody that's interested in like, it could be craft beers or wine, you know, they understand that there's, there's different notes and different tasting. And you don't know that that's something that's going to come through with coffee. Like I would have never guessed that you could brew a cup of coffee and be like, oh, it's going to taste like Teddy Graham's and cinnamon. You're like, what? This is a cup of coffee. Are you kidding yeah. me? And yeah, there are there are cups of coffee. He made one recently that we got and it it tasted like raspberry. Wow. Like super fruity and you could taste actual raspberries. And I was like, that's coffee. That's so crazy to me. It's crazy though as well, because even like say I have a subscription as well and I get like their blends like that get sent out and they have you know they have different names or whatever or yeah. it might be just one specific type of bean and it like you could get it say they're seasonal so you could get it in like march and then next march you could get the same bean but it would taste totally different because of what how much rain there was or how you know it's crazy the way little tiny little elements change it so much yeah um i enjoy hearing about uh guests like favorite coffee moments or memories is there anything that stands out like when you look back of maybe not a specific coffee, but like a moment that was happening or a situation you're in. Yeah. So I think actually currently we have, um, like I said, training for Matt and Tia has stayed pretty consistent. Um, and we've been doing these weekly runs and I mean, running for me, I enjoy running and it's also something that, you know, maybe I can't keep up and I'm not running alongside them, but I can get out and go and run on a trail just like them. So It's been fun, you know, Shane, Tia, myself, and Matt, every Thursday on Active Recovery Days, we've been going out for these long runs. And then after, we've been hitting up a local coffee shop. And um, not only is the coffee amazing, uh, which is a little bit of a gem where we are, we're in kind of this, um, it's like a food desert in the sense that there's, there are not a lot of mom and pop shops and and small local restaurants and things it's a lot of chain restaurants so if you like your mcdonald's and your chick-fil-a then you're good to go but if you want something a little bit more you know homely kind of right yeah Yeah. there's not there's not a lot of that so this one coffee shop for us it like reminds us of home in vermont um the coffee is amazing they have some really cool specialty drinks 
And, you know, they did have to shut down for a little bit. Um, but for the few weeks at the start of quarantine, we were able to at least like go in and order our coffee after our long runs and, um, you know, drink it out on the sidewalk and stuff like that. So to me, I mean, we've drink coffee all over the world, but um, that's been fun to just, you know, support a local business. And then also mm. it was kind of this like Thursday outing, you know, yeah. it was like we went and ran outside and then we got a cup of coffee and it just kind of made, especially during quarantine. It's like, right. Yeah. It made it just like, Oh, it's Thursday, you know, like yeah. we get to go and run and then we get to go have a nice cup of coffee. So um, it's, you know, very, it's one of few places that we go out to. Um, so it kind of just became like a little, a little weekly trip for the yeah that's cool <laughs> i remember like during at this towards the start of lockdown here started in like march and i remember like i had like patches you know like velcro patches that i got made for the show <laughs> and a few people were buying them and i was like right i can't go to the post office though so like you just have to wait because i was like i'm not leaving the house because i don't know what's going on right. i remember when i went to the post office i was so fucking excited to be like oh my god i'm going outside and i'm, I'm going <laughs> into town and i'm walking i'm going to see it a 3d person that isn't my wife yeah. or a baby like so it was an actual yeah. person that i could re- if i if i wanted to i could reach out and touch but i'm not gonna like you're like do i wear the slip-on shoes do I wear <laughs> the high laces you're like planning out an outfit yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um i think with podcasts then i guess like first off one of the, the most important questions i want to ask you so i saw you when you were on uh united movement and you're doing like different cooking demonstrations and stuff and at one point you were on with uh i think sean and tommy were presenting and I can't you were making some with beef I can't really remember what it was mm-hmm. but they said like oh what butter are you using and you said Kerrygold and like oh, yeah. I sat up in my chair I was like what did she just say and it was live so I couldn't rewind but I was like to my wife Orla I was like she did she did say Kerrygold though right so oh, like, yeah I mean first of all amazing choice like we know how to milk cows but like how did you come across Kerrygold and I can't imagine it's too cheap to buy in like Tennessee Yeah, it's definitely the pricier of the butters on the shelf, Um, but it's just so, I mean, that is like, you, you make a piece of toast or you, you find a cracker in the cabinet just so that you can spread a little bit of the butter on it. It's so good. I learned about it a couple of years ago. I mean, it's in all of the stores here. Mm. It's definitely pricier, um, but if you've ever had it and it's not a butter that I normally cook with. Um, I have other butters that I'll use to just like melt in the pan. That butter to me is more of like a finishing butter. So that's the butter that I'll use to make like a compound butter for putting on top of a steak or using to like fry your chicken or your, um, you know, like a pork chop or something to get a good sear. I'll use that because it has such a good flavor. Um, but yeah, oh man, that is good butter. When was, we were... It was so random though. I nearly fell off my chair when you said it. I text like one of my friends, I text him. I was like, oh, Sammy's doing like, you know, Fema the Frasers on uh, United Movement. And I was like, she just said that she's using Kerrygold. And he wrote back, he's like, what the fuck? Like, so it's just, it was That's very awesome. funny. Like, yeah. well, so we um, were talking to um, Filthy150 at one point. I think this was honestly even last year. Mm. And they were... Um, saying like oh we'd love to have you guys come and you don't even have to do the event like we'll tour you around and I was like that sounds amazing I would love to and um it came up that they were like if you guys come here we'll make sure that you get out to Kerrygold and I was like I'm in I'm sold (laughs) I would love to go and make my own butter that sounds awesome yeah 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 it's good stuff churn churning the Frasers instead of feeding (laughs) um I was listening to 
Matt's loud and live and you were on there like how do you find say like that or now or I know you did one with them epic bars as well like how do you find being interviewed and doing podcasts is it like do you enjoy doing it or is it still a bit kind of weird is it still a bit like surreal kind of um a little bit of both I mean I think now it's becoming more and more of a way to stay connected and you know I enjoy especially ones like this where we can set up a video and have, you know, like a face-to-face conversation. I've enjoyed podcasts that I've done um, when they are in person because I just feel like the conversation flows a bit better. It's so much, yeah, there's there's an ebb and flow and you you feed off of each other versus like a phone interview. You know, we've done a handful of those before too. And, you know, it just kind of like, it seems like you go down the list of the questions, whereas this is, it just feels more, more conversational, more like just kind of. I think you're, you're, you're able to read someone's body language as well. Like I know I've done ones with no video and you're kind of sitting going like, are they finished talking or is there right. or like, are they breathing in or are they finished? And then you're kind of, right. there's a pause and it just loses its kind of momentum a bit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like the Epic one I did, I was actually good buddies with um, the guy that was the host of it at the time. And I had worked with him a ton through athlete stuff. And so he and I just catching up. It was, that's exactly what it was. It was just catching up and kind of, you know, chatting back and forth. And I feel like some of the best ones are are like that, you know, it was on the talking elite fitness one when we were out in Wadapalooza and that was a blast or loud and live ones. I mean, if it's O'Keefe and Matt and I chat and that's what we do, you know, we, we reminisce, we catch up. And so it, they are a lot of fun. I remember I was listening, I listened to that one like about a month ago or whatever the one with the two mats and mm-hmm. then i watched it was it yesterday or this morning just to like see like all that and that i hadn't thought of that might pop up but i hadn't actually watched i'd only listened to the audio the first time and i was watching it and it was so funny because the first like 10 minutes of video and you can't notice it when you're listening to it but when you're watching it it's just like heber and mars constantly reaching across you to take food like oh, silently yeah. it was like it was hilarious to watch i know so good um like with that say when you're recording that when you were in barcelona you were at like wadapalooza like you say you've been all over the states you've been you know hawaii everywhere like is is there memories that stand out i mean like i guess away from the competition floor obviously there's those amazing moments that matt's had and you've been there supporting him and stuff but is there any i mean maybe due to sport but not directly involved in the sport is there any moments that stand out Yeah, I mean, we're super fortunate that anywhere we go, you know, we have the ability to essentially travel like a local. Um, A lot of times, you know, if we were to come out to where you are, we know that we could call you and say, hey, where should we go? And you'll, why don't I just take you to my favorite spots? You know, like we're very fortunate in that sense that we get an opportunity to kind of link up with the locals and see a place as if we, you know, lived there. And so I think that's definitely different even when we're traveling you know not related to work or not related to competition you know we're able to kind of tap into the networks and just say you know hey we're looking for a really cool place to stay or we're looking for you know a few activities to do that are maybe off the beaten path and Mm. you know there's always someone there saying oh let, let us show you let us let us take you to this or this is our favorite spot so that's really cool and that's what I love to do when people come to visit and come to our home. So, mm. um, you know, I know that when people get a chance to, to show someone around us, you, you want to bring them and make sure that they have a good experience. So that's definitely been the coolest, um, coolest part about 
travel in general is just getting to see places uh not necessarily through a, a tour guide book but through locals yeah that's cool um you started off like so you worked with Reebok originally mm-hmm. um and then you moved you left and moved to Vermont uh like was that a confident jump or like a leap of faith or like what are your memories of that kind of transition I remember sitting on the dock after the games. Um, every year we go to family camp up in Ontario and we kind of just zone out and chill and Matt gets a little bit of downtime. And I remember sitting on the dock and just talking to him and, um, you know, that that year, I think that was 2016, that was, you know, a, a very challenging year in, in a lot of great ways. Um, on the business side of things also, you know, making sure that Matt was supported and and had what he needed. And I think the both of us just kind of knew that at the time we had been dating for a a little over a year and um, we both knew that like, this is what we want. You know, Um, I feel like jobs come and go and and I'm a hard worker. So I, I knew that I, I could apply myself somewhere else and be successful and, and, and learn a lot. Um, but I, I wasn't willing to risk, you know, finding another him. Yeah. Finding another, you know, person. And so it was like, well, why in the heck are we living, you know, four hours apart and, and doing this long distance thing when we could just be together and support each other. And so that was really the driver. I mean, I loved my job at Reebok and I, I, I'm grateful for the experiences I had, but also I was super excited to just see what else was out there. Um, so mm. when I moved, I didn't actually have, um, I didn't have a job. I was just, I had left that job and um, I had continued to work through the end of the year. I think it was, even though I had moved and, um, you know, had worked out, you know, something with them. But after that, I remember talking to Matt O'Keefe and just kind of being like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. Like I'm applying to some jobs locally and, you know, I enjoy marketing and, but I was just kind of like, I'll figure it out. Something will come like, you know, and he was like, why don't you just work for me in the meantime? Like, I'll just, just do some work with me. I'll, I'll keep you busy type thing. And it was yeah. like, okay, cool. And then that, you know, that really blossomed. That was something that um, definitely was a great a great like intermediary but turned into something yeah, so really awful. really grew legs because i think even like people like i didn't realize before talking to matt how integral you were to his agency like so you managed like basically i suppose like 99 percent of the athletes that he had you took over because he was kind of i guess you know his competitions and stuff were kind of getting bigger and they were taking up more of his time and he needed to, I suppose something was going to suffer if he stayed going the way he was because either the competitions wouldn't be as good as they could be or his athletes, like, you know, development wouldn't be as good as it could be. So you, I mean, like the list is fairly ridiculous when you look at it. Like, so you had like, even just uh, like Annie and Catherine on the girl's side and Velner and Brent on the guy's side, just for starters. Like, I, I mean, I guess moving from a company like Reebok and taking over, I guess like just swapping sides at the table. Like, so you moved over and now you are the, the intermediary or the liaison between these big multinational companies and your athletes. Like, how did you find that experience? Like, did you find your feet pretty quickly or was it like, was there a steep learning curve? Yeah. I mean, I'm really 
really fortunate for the time that I spent at Reebok, you know, I got a chance to know a lot of the athletes. And so it was, like you said, it was the other side of things. And so I was working with them on the Reebok side. And so I had a really good relationship with a lot of those athletes. But I think it also allowed me an opportunity, you know, to, to be able to bridge the gap and, and understand the lingo. And yes, I had to learn a lot of things in terms of contracts and, you know, legal language and, and negotiations and things like that. But in terms of the relationships that I had built, I had built a ton of relationships with brands through my previous job. So when I was then calling them on the athlete side of things, it wasn't, hi, my name is Sammy. It was like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you heard, you know, I've moved on. And so I had a lot of those relationships that I was able to kind of bring over with me as well. Um, you know, O'Keefe obviously had a ton of his own relationships. So I think the fact that I was still a familiar face to the athletes, I was a familiar face to the brands, it made the, the learning curve, you know, a little bit easier. I wasn't also trying to build relationships yeah. while learning a new skill. It was more, I had the relationships and people, you know, were interested in having conversations with me it was now just learning the new, the new angle, the, yeah. the lingo, the, you know, the actual job itself. So I was super grateful for that. And that was such a fun job. I was, O'Keefe was here this weekend and I was even like, oh, man, I love what I'm doing and I'm super grateful. But I think some of it is like, I'm just kind of curious. Like I used to know everything. I used to, I used to like know what was happening in the background yeah. and now I don't know anything. And, it's kind of great, but it's also like, oh, I kind of miss knowing everything. I miss yeah. knowing like what people are into and what, what brands they're working with these days. And now it's kind of like, I just have to follow along on social media. Like everybody else. Like those plebs. Yeah. <laughs> um, like liaison with sponsors and athletes then, like was it, is it, was it strange, say, talking to or emailing or on the phone or some like to some sponsorship deal or whatever whatever's going on and then like you know it's your fiance or it's your boyfriend or whatever and they're you're, mm -hmm. you're like turning around saying like oh nike want to know if such and such a thing like was that a weird yeah. like did you try and distance yourself from matt a bit and leave that more to keith to take care of or was there ever like you know did it matter because i guess like from talking to matt his kind of relationship with his athletes i suppose lends itself to you working with people that you might consider friends or family pretty good because he's like the person comes first and then it's right. like they're your people first and athlete second and he's all about that like the do the right thing for the right people for the right reasons and the good things will come from it like so was there kind of was it ever awkward or was it ever like you know what I'm just gonna leave Matt to Matt and I'm gonna take care of the others or did you mind a lot? There was a little bit of both. For the most part, Matt O'Keefe handles all of Matt's business. So there were a handful of times where it just made sense for me to have an initial conversation with a brand or it would come up because people knew that I was engaged to him or what, hey, let me just bend your ear real quick about Matt and this. And if it ever got past that, I would just say, hey, cool, like glad we chatted. I'll bring O'Keefe in on this yeah. now. And then I kind of just hand things over. We did try to keep a little bit of separation of church and state. And so that way, you know, we weren't always discussing business at home and things like that, um, but still allowing me to be in the loop so that way I could help Matt. So, mm -hmm. you know, if, you know, for instance, like just right now, I sent him a quick little text on my computer and saying, hey, reminder, you have an interview at 1030, you know, so yeah, I at least 
am trying to stay involved and, and help with scheduling with brands or communicating with brands. So that way, you know, Taking he's pressure not, off him, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's not inundated with the emails about an interview or the emails about a social post or whatever it is. I can communicate with those people. And that's kind of how it's been. Hmm. Anytime it came down to, you know, a contract negotiation or a new brand partnership, those conversations stayed with O'Keefe until things were then locked in. And then it was, you know, the day to day stuff yeah. um, that I would help manage. Yeah, because I think even like one of the consistent things that he's mentioned in most of the documentaries or interviews or anything that he's done is like that he how blessed he is that he has the support network that he does of like say you and Keith to just totally take everything off his plate. So he just has to, I guess, hear information and like, you know, oh, by the way, you're working with such and such now and they're going to do this. And he can just be like, okay, and focus on what he needs to focus on. So exactly. I think it's like, it must be exciting then like when you see him doing as well as he's doing, knowing that like you're an integral part of the machine that's making it work like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, if I were to completely separate myself, obviously it's exciting because he is who he is to me. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome to see him be so successful in what he's doing and, and get to witness and be a part of it. And then on the brand side of things, you know, if I just look at him as a brand, it's really cool to see how, how he's grown mm. and you know i mean he he is a a, a brand within this space and and the largest brand in the space mm. and um you know that that side of things is like where my nerdy marketing um <laughs> you know interests come kind of start to spike up it's like wow that's really cool that he's been able to grow this and yeah. um you know perform and 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 I think on the marketing side as well, be an asset, you know, obviously on the competition floor, that's all him. And, and he does an incredible job at performing in his sport. But then I think also on the marketing side of being an asset to the partners that he has, is just really cool to see. Mm. Speaking of like growing and, you know, forging your own path and stuff, like when you pushed on your own side of things with feeding the Frasers, then you obviously had to make the decision to leave, uh, Keith to his own devices and you know mm -hmm. take a step back like was that another like leap of faith was it a difficult decision to make was it you know were you did you was it easier than the first jump I guess because you had that safety net of like we're doing pretty good here Matt's doing pretty good it's okay I can take a risk and see what happens um I think a little bit of both it was definitely very challenging uh to leave because it was O'Keefe mm -hmm. and because it was you know it took me a long time to have those conversations and say, okay, I think, I think I'm ready to, to kind of. You basically had to go. dump like 18 yeah. people. <laughs> well, that's what it was. Is it felt, it was so personal. I mean, I had, I had created such a great relationship with all of the athletes that I worked with. Um, and I had no, I have known them all for such a long time and then started working with them very yeah. intimately. And so I think that was the hardest part as I remember saying to O'Keefe, like, I need your help in like, telling everyone because I feel like it's a breakup call. Like, Hey, you know, it's, it's not, not me. You. It's you. It's, <laughs> it's right. not you. It's me. I just need to go and like find myself and, and yeah, work yeah. on my passions. And, and you know, it was just, I'm just going to date Sammy for a while. I'm just going to manage <laughs> Sammy for a while. <laughs> exactly. It was so funny. The conversations that we were having, um, <clears throat> everyone took it very well. Yeah. They we're all super supportive. And, you know, I think, I think, uh, Katrin was the one that was like, um, 
okay, but you're not like getting rid of me forever, right? Like we're still gonna be friends. And I was like, of course, you know, she was like, I just need you to know that you're stuck with me for life. So you can go off and do your own thing, that's cool, but you're not getting rid of me. I was like, okay, good. You know, <laughs> they were all so, so great though. Yeah, I remember watching like the documentaries and seeing you like, you know, feeding Matt essentially at the games or other events that the filming was done at and stuff. And I know like myself and my wife would always be watching and laughing at like, say the contrast between some athletes like there with their Tupperware, like eating whatever cold rice or whatever. And then you had like Matt coming home to like mini sliders and tacos and everything like homemade. Like, I guess when you started off, and I suppose things just kind of grew legs. Like it essentially started as like, you know, a, a, a picture food journal for yourself, I guess, for reminders and stuff like that. And it just seems to have kind of morphed and like grown out, like almost out of control where it's just gone huge. Like, did you expect like it would take off the way it did? Or was it just kind of like, oh, I'll just do it for myself. And then you were like, God, people really seem to engage with this. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly it. I just... I had been posting a ton of food stuff on my own personal page and a buddy of mine was like, you should start another page. And then that way, you know, you kind of have a little separation and your page isn't always just food. And, and then, you know, you can keep track of it for yourself. And I was like, Oh, what a great idea. I'm already taking the photos. I'm already putting the effort in. So why don't I just start this own page? And if nobody follows, who cares? Like I'm just doing it for myself anyways. And so the fact that people started following was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And I think probably around like the first hundred thousand followers were all check this out. This is Matt Fraser's food or check this out. This is, you know, a meal that Matt Fraser's wife made for him. Like this is what the fittest on on earth eats, you know, and that was awesome. And then it kind of got to a point where now, um, you know, people are tagged, Hey, check out this cool foodie account. And I'm like, I'm a foodie account. That's cool. You know, like I just never, I didn't start it with the, like, I'm going to grow this, you know, this brand or I'm going to, it was just, I mean, I was looking back at old, old posts today, like my first post and the photos and I still have a long way to go and I'm learning how to take, you know, better food photography and taking an online class for it. And I'm, I'm actually putting efforts into other things than just recipes, but I think one of the good things about it, though, is that like, well, I guess one, it's instantly recognizable, like because you've got the, you know, your cute little feet at the bottom and, you know, like it's the, yeah. it's recognizable straight away, the patterns and the colors and stuff and everything mm-hmm. is really recognizable. But I think it's that it's not tainted by like, you know, it's not in a white box with lights on it. It's not there's no like, you know, spray paint on it or it's not heavily right. filtered. I think that's one of the things that kind of people engage because they're like oh i i actually physically could make that i don't need to have like photoshop to make that meal like i think that's exactly it's one of the things that like people like about it is that it's like you know you put up a recipe at the weekend of chicken and like you barbecued it or whatever but like after seeing that i was like to my wife oh we'll have a roast dinner tomorrow and after seeing sammy's after making like barbecue we don't have a barbecue but i roast it it'll be fine i did like pretty much the same thing but like you know how did it come out yeah, it was good. Yeah, she liked it. Um, it was good. It was, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of onions, but Ooh. I don't know. I just kind of like left them behind because I know you kind of had them chunky. I Like if, if we're making food and I'm chopping up onions, I make them as small, like they're right. basically insignificant in the pan yeah. so that I don't even see them or notice them. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I think people 
will have seen like your Instagram, like your duties aren't, I guess, or you, the thing, the jobs you take on aren't just limited to feeding. So like you've got that side of things, but now you've got the recipes to create content to put out the partnerships of your own now to maintain and like merchandise and stuff. You've got your like, um, what do you call them? Oh, like the bag, you know, the happy Little tote bags. Yeah. And you've got like merchandise and stuff. Like how do you find life with, you know shoe on the other foot as the influencer and not the manager like yeah it's very interesting um I love it I mean I'm super grateful for the brands that I get to work with and um I hope to to continue to grow the partnerships that I have and and be able to explore you know whether it be different products or different appliances or whatever um you know I'm I'm open to it all and and I think that that definitely it it can be um you know, like a little daunting at the start of like, oh, I now have to really focus my efforts, you know. So for instance, Traeger, that was such an easy partnership because I, I use my Traeger every day and love it. And so to share that content, you're like, oh, perfect. Yeah. But, um, you know, you want to make sure that you do a good job for your people and that you're you're sharing brand messaging and that, I mean, I understand it from... I was going to say, like, side of things. you're, you're so, in a really unique position of like, you've been the brand, you've been the manager, and now you're right. like, you've, you've jumped the table every which yeah. way. So you've got that unique position of, I guess, it's probably a privileged position as well, because you can talk to a brand and be like, no, I know you, I know that you can offer me more than that. Or I know that that's <laughs> like, not what you offered to such and such. Right. So, like, it's, it must be yeah. a strange position to be in. It's definitely a strange, but I think that like, that's the coolest thing is that I know everything that goes into it. And so I know, um, I hold myself to a very high standard when it comes to that stuff, because I, I want, I know what the brands are looking for. I know what, you know, they're expecting and, and then what I'm expecting of myself. And so it's been, it's been great. I mean, some of it, I have to remind myself that, um, somebody had commented a couple days ago of like, Oh, when are you going to start a YouTube channel? And it's like, man, I would love to start a YouTube channel, but I also, I don't want to overcommit myself. And I, I want to just do a really good job at the few things that I'm doing right now before I add more. And I feel like this year I've added on working on a cookbook. So I'm, Mm. I'm creating a cookbook that will hopefully be out next year, um, working with a publisher. And so really my only goal is that January 1 of 2021 that I hand over a manuscript with photos and like, and then they kind of take it and do what they do with it. So that to me is a huge undertaking and, um, and still creating the content and still working with my partners and still, um, you know, building a website and building a brand. And so, as much as I would love to do a YouTube channel, I definitely don't want to take something on and and let other areas of my business fall while trying to build this. Um, and so I had to, at the beginning of the year, really sit down and kind of write out like a little vision board almost of, okay, what do I want this to be? And what are my priorities? And then if it doesn't fit within that priority mm-hmm. ranking, then you know, right now it's just not the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's it's all a learning curve, and and I think a lot of it is just you know writing out what is important and what are the what are the must haves, and then what are the nice to haves, and you know trying to find the balance there. Yeah, because I think even like I've had calls off 
potential sponsors saying like you know well what can we do for you and I'm like I don't know like, right, <laughs> like yeah. I'm just like I don't know I just have a microphone I don't know what, how this right. works like you know it's like a million dollars or do I ask for like ten dollars I don't know what like what, exactly I don't know what the going rate is like that's when you say uh let me call Matt O'Keefe give me a hug <laughs> yeah yeah just send them Matt O'Keefe's email and then they'll get so scared yeah. that they'll just double exactly. whatever they're gonna offer <laughs> yeah. let me talk about I was gonna ask then like do you have a timetable that you follow so like I know that you're someone that likes to make lists and I'm guessing that means that you kind of thrive on routine and stuff like Mm -hmm. I know I find it hard sometimes like switching off um from the podcast where like I might get a message and I think oh if I don't respond to that straight away now they're going to think I'm a dick like if I ignore it or if I leave it sit for a while or and I have this like huge guilt if I go into messages and see like a message from a week ago that I didn't reply to her I'm like oh man I totally let that slip like do you find it hard to say no to some things or do you find it hard to like switch off the maybe the social media side of things or you know and just kind of I guess decompress a little bit yeah I mean I think I've kind of set a few I shouldn't say like they're more like guidelines so I know that i would like to post X times a week. I know that I would like to do, you know, just like story of cooking at least one recipe, you know, every other day. And so I've kind of set some guidelines because I don't, I also don't want to be so structured in the sense that every day I have to do this, this, and this. There are still a lot of things that just genuinely come up. I mean, helping Matt and, um, you know, it was like, if he needs body work done before he's training and I'm in the middle of doing a recipe thing, well, that recipe thing gets put on pause for a Mm. hot second so I can help him with his body work so that he can get to training. So we've set up our lives where I'm very much doing my own thing, but also recognize that, you know, we're also trying to take advantage of this, this small window of his career of his health of his interest in competing of his success and all of that stuff so that is really always the top priority and then there's the actual meals that need to be cooked just for us to eat and then there's the content and then there's you know so there's kind of a um in order of things that if i were to say i have to do this this and this each day well some days just don't really line up that way you know there are opportunities like this that if i had such a set schedule um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be able to say, oh, I'm just going to take the morning and just focus on, you know, a podcast and emails. Um, mm-hmm. So I try to set some guidelines so that way I am staying on top of things. And now with the cookbook, um, you know, definitely making sure that I'm dedicating a lot of my extra time to writing and then testing. Um, so there's just, there's, there's always something to be cooked and there's always some sort of content to write. So um, just trying to balance, I think is, is the biggest thing, but yeah, I mean, I write lists and I do my best to check those off and, and really look at what is a manageable list for the day. Um, There have been days where you write this whole list done, this whole list down and you get through two things and then you go to bed at night and you're like, man, I feel like I got nothing done. And well, it's because I'm, I don't want to go to bed until everything on that list is checked off. Sometimes that's not realistic when I've got, you know, certain things. So I just try to be realistic about, okay, this is what I want to get done this week. Hmm. This is what I want to get done today and kind of check things off like that. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I also try to be super responsive on my social media and that 
I mean, man, that is a time suck. You can just get warped and all of a sudden you look up and you're like, wow, three hours have gone by and yeah. I've responded to all my DMs and commented back to all of my, you know, comments on each post and goes, I mean, time flies when you're on social oh, media. I've, so. I've had days where, especially this weekend, I started selling, I got like t-shirts made um, for the show and I just got like a hundred t-shirts, 50 guys, 50 girls, and I started selling them. Cool. And I remember at one point, like, my wife said my name and I just said yeah yeah in about 15 minutes and she was like what and I was like you asked something and she was like I asked you that about an hour and a half ago <laughs> just like I just totally zoned out and didn't even know what yeah. was going on like so I think I'm lucky she's pretty supportive like and doesn't you know she didn't get ticked or anything she was just like laughing at it like, <laughs> right right um I've seen like speaking of social media I've seen you put the odd like post or story up maybe answering like I guess I mean, they're questions, but like maybe thinly disguised, like it's maybe criticism that's like thinly disguised as questions or like, you know, people having a little poke or a dig or stuff like how much, um, you know, like there were, you know, I think there was one yesterday or something where, or the day before maybe where someone was like, oh, that's not enough food for, for Matt or whatever. And you were like, this is my plate. So yeah. <laughs> you encounter much negativity around your work or around Matt. And then like, no, I mean, I guess not at all. people love like, I guess pulling down someone that they think is maybe too high up like you know I guess there are times where people might you know comment to you to get to him or comment you know like that kind of way like do you ever get anything like that or is does it just get lost among all the positivity I mean I'm super grateful people don't really hate on food all that much you know (laughs) in terms of of trolls on social media that one was just so many people were like, man, that is not enough food for Matt. And I'm like, guys, there are two people eating at this house. Uh-huh. Like sometimes it's my plate. Some, most times it's his plate, yeah. but every once in a while I want to show my plate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one was funny. I was just like, guys, don't worry. I promise I fed him enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, there's like, I re- very rarely get any sort of, how can you hate on food? Yeah. I mean, if you don't like a recipe or, you know, we're pretty upfront with the fact that, um, you know, like we eat sugar, we, you know, we, we do things in moderation so that way we can enjoy, um, you know, the occasional treat. I'm not trying to hide the fact that uh, we, you know, we don't make healthy treats or protein cookies or things like that. It's like, we're pretty open about that stuff. So I feel like if anybody has a question about the food that we eat, um, you know, they, they ask and, and I do my best to try to answer it. I'm also, you know, I'm also pretty open about the fact that I'm not a professional. Mm. I'm, I'm not a nutritionist. You know, I'm very grateful that Matt and I have the dialogue that we have. You know, I'll make something and, I, and ask him, do you like it? And, you know, I'm sure you make things for your wife or your wife makes things for you. And you're like, how was it? And they're like, yeah, it was great. Yeah. You can tell Maybe it wasn't actually great. And you know, there's those like, Oh no, no, it was good. Or, or it really was good. It wasn't the most amazing thing you've eaten, but it also wasn't bad enough to say that it was bad. You know, there's kind of that, that gray. Well, I've told Matt, Hey, I need you to tell me like, did you actually like something or was there something that was missing or whatever? Because, I'm using this as a learning opportunity. This isn't just like, oh, how was dinner? Oh, it was good. You know, it's like, no, I need to know if there was something that I could do better because I, I actually want to be um, 
good at I I want to 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 grow. I want to yeah. learn how to make corrections where corrections are needed. And um, I've just had to say to him, you know, if you don't tell me, then I'm going to assume that this is spot on and I'm going to recreate it again. That's yeah. So it's been a, an interesting, I think, evolution of cooking just to cook and, you know, putting food out and then also cooking to learn how to cook. Yeah, that's good. Um, like you guys are in Tennessee now and you're, I guess, basically living your best life with Tia and Shane there too. Like how has lockdown been with, I mean, I can think for most people, the thoughts of training alongside the fittest man and fittest woman in the world would either be insanely inspiring or put you off sport for the rest of your life. Like, do you like, do you kind of train with them, but maybe at, I mean, a lower intensity than they're doing, or do you like follow your own program? Do you program for yourself? Do you just train to have fun? Like, how do you work it? I am definitely a fitness for fun type person. Um, I think I went through a little bit of a spout at the end of last year where I was like, what am I training for? You know, like these guys have such direction. They have their training to compete. And, um, you know, I was looking at training and I was like, what am I, where, where is this going? How am I applying my fitness? How am I using it? And that's why I chose to, to run that half marathon at the start of the year was it just gave me purpose. It gave me something to train for. It mm-hmm. gave me direction, um, in how to train and what to do each day. Um, and now it's, I like to jump in on workouts that they're doing simply just to be a part of it. I mean, Shane and I talk about this a lot. So on those Thursday runs, you know, Matt and Tia, they're just, they're kind of off on their own. And Shane and I will often like run and chit chat (laughs) the whole time. And so it's just like, it's fun to catch up and have company while you're doing something like that. But then, you know, we talk all the time about the fact that, for Matt and Tia, the, the competition weekends, and Shane, because he's just in it on a different level, competition goes by in such a blur. Like, there's no, there's no, oh, I remember on Friday of the games, we did this. Or, you know, there's really no sense of time. It's just kind of like the games, and it's, yeah. it's very blurry. For me, it's a little different. Like, I'm obviously have a little bit different perspective. There's not as many, there's definitely a lot of emotional ups and downs, but in terms of, you know, ramping yourself up and the adrenaline for the workout and then coming down and preparing for the next one, there's, you know, it's a little bit more steady Mm -hmm. for me so I can remember it a little differently. Um, But when we look back on the last couple of years, very rarely are the, the most memorable moments, the games those are very memorable moments, but I remember things like driving in the car on the way to the gym and we've got this like one song that's on rotation and that's what, you know, gets Matt all, all amped up and mm. how that song kind of brings us back to that particular season. Or um, when we were living up in Vermont, you know, every Tuesday night we would do these trail runs at this recreational mountain. And like, to me, those are, th- I remember moments of the training and so I like to jump in on their workouts because I, I feel like those are the things that we all remember more than, than the competition itself. Mm. Um, so those are things, those are memories that I want to be a part of and I want to share in um, just as I do with, you know, the memories of the game. So I jump in on their workouts when I can and I absolutely 100% scale appropriately. Um, you know, it's like there was this EMOM that we did a couple maybe even like a couple of months ago at this point. 
and they were doing, you know, strict muscle ups and something. And I was like, I'm going to be over on the rig doing some strict pull ups. And, you know, oh, you guys are doing, you know, 25 strict handstand push ups. Perfect. I'll do 15. You know, like I'm, yeah. I am perfectly fine with scaling so that I can still hang and get a good workout in. But, um, I don't need to be doing what they're doing all the time. Yeah. And did it like, has it added an extra element like T and Shane being there as well? Because I guess for a long time it was like you and Matt and Mm -hmm. you know, like he had his head down and nose to the grindstone and was working really hard. And like, he's obviously still working really hard or he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be as consistent as he is. But like, I guess he has the added bonus of maybe being pushed on a little bit by T and stuff. And then I guess it's like you say, these memories are important for you and for him. And I think these like um, extra people give you like you've now got four times the opportunity to make memories and to share memories. Like, so has it added like an extra kind of little bit of something having the two of those guys there with you? Oh, absolutely. Not only are they just awesome people and and people that we've, we now have in our lives forever. Um, but yeah, they're great company. Shane is super smart when it comes to programming. Awesome. You know, just person to be around. Tia is just as savage as Matt. Um, and so when it comes to training, like the two of them just, I think it's made for a really unique period in our lives for sure. Even those like pictures of you guys out at the campfire and stuff like, you know, I think that it it is, it's very easy for people to forget that there's people behind the athletes and, you know, like that you see these, you know, you see clips of say you and Matt at the games or whatever, and you think like, oh, it's all just training, training, training. And, you know, I think it's, it's special when you see those little behind the scenes things of like, sitting out till two o'clock in the morning talking shit like you know they're they're things that I think people latch on to and people think like oh they're just like us like they just want to have a bit of downtime it's just that they can do superhuman stuff in the middle bit that I can yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) I think it's cool too because you know like I said it'd be one thing if we were just in and out of the gym and they trained together but you know Shane and Tia are over here at least once a week for dinner and I mean, we all, we actually enjoy just spending time together. So, you know, like I said, that, that coffee memory or that moment that's Mm. special, it's like, well, we kind of just had this little routine that we would all go on this run. And, you know, like, like I said, Shane and I will run together, but Matt and Tia are off kind of doing their own thing and running separate and at their own paces. Um, so like we're doing things together, even though we're not necessarily side by side all the time. And then to go and, you know, have a cup of coffee and just kind of hang out for an hour after something like that. It's like, we just enjoy each other's company. And that's, I think that that's also, you know, a pretty special part of this time of our lives is not only are the both of them benefiting by training together, but you know, we, we also just enjoy hanging out together. So it definitely makes for, um, an enjoyable atmosphere when you're, you know, they're not from here. We're not from here. We're both kind of transplants in this one, one part of the country. Um, so it's nice to just kind of have, have those people to, to kind of lean on during a time like this. That's cool. Um, I'd finish off with kind of a quick fire. Um, so an either or, and then there's a couple of, you know, you might need some thinking time on some, um, so row or ski. Row. Uh, Americano or flat white? Flat white. Uh, Reebok or Nike? Nike. Uh, Pasta or rice? Rice. Uh, Deadlift or squat? Squat. Breakfast or dinner? Breakfast. For dinner. Um, Strength (laughs) strength or gymnastics? Mm, Gymnastics. Favorite snack? 
Ooh. I'm not a big snacker. Oh, I'm like almost exclusively a snacker. But if I'm going to have a snack, I want something like kettle corn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, chicken pop. Kettle corn. So. Um, okay, and then a super team then to take on Mayhem. So say, okay, you're not allowed to bring matter to you. So they're out. What? Yeah. Cause well, that's not fair. They're, they're busy. They're busy. So who who's your your picks so you need one other girl and two guys i mean i'll have to be honest that i'm pretty focused on individuals i don't i don't know much about teams oh but you can pick anyone you can pick individuals you just can't pick matt or tia because that's too easy oh okay so you can pick like annie well maybe not this year but right i'm gonna give it to my girl brooke wells and two guys. Brooke Wells, we'll say. All right, I'm just gonna go off of off of my athlete roster. That'll help narrow it down for me. So my my old my old peeps. We'll say Brent and Pat and Brooke and You, you're the fourth. I'm the fourth. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I have to come up with a team for with me. Yeah. Well, geez, yeah, then I need all those people. Yeah, because it's the same. I was asking Greg from Concept the same question. And I was yeah. like, you know, who would you pick? And he was like going through the names. And I was like, but you're on it as well. And he was like, oh, shit. So they're going to spend their whole time carrying me through work. Oh, my gosh. That sounds terrible. I'm sorry, guys. I really <laughs> need all of your help. Yeah. Oh, well, that's too funny. That's cool. Okay, um, perfect then. Brooke, she can handle it. She's yeah. super strong. I can do a lot of the body weight and gymnastics stuff except for muscle-ups, so she'll have to help me out there. She could probably yeah. do synchro muscle-ups on her own somehow. Right, exactly. But, <laughs> she'll figure it out. It's her problem. I mean, oh, she, man. You know, Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, listen, Simon, thanks a million for coming on. I really appreciate it. This was so um, fun. Thank you so much yeah, for having me. I really enjoyed it. Um, if you're ever in Ireland, I definitely do not have the same amount of pull as Darina has to get you a tour of Kerrygold, but I will buy you a block of Kerrygold if you ever come. I love it. Perfect. I'll come over and we'll cook with it. Yeah, brilliant. Look, thanks a million. Have a great day. Thanks.